The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him and said, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for you. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places. And people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Even though I don't mention it specifically, I, I, I feel that the second reading is really the summary of everything I'm going to try to say. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, Do everything for the glory of God. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Challenging words for all of us. Unclean, unclean. We all know that we are not God. We are creatures made in his image and likeness. A fundamental awareness of this truth is vitally important not to lose sight of this Lent. And today the liturgy invites us to experience this fundamental truth deep down in the marrow of our bones. I am not God. And I really need him because I cannot live without him. But this is an exercise of faith, coming to him with my heart open and wounded. I need you, Jesus. From the beginning of Mass, we say, I confess to Almighty God that I am unclean. Training our spirit to live and move and have our being inside our broken body is okay. In fact, it is our pathway to redemption. Do you remember the two men who were crucified at the side of Jesus? They were both unclean. But the outcome of their lives was very different. Being in New Zealand for my father's funeral brought this home to me. I was surrounded by his friends and colleagues, all of whom are older now. Their bodies, as was my father's, totally worn out. What a testimony it is to be with our older brothers and sisters who continue to show up despite illnesses and so many other life complications. Because once you hit 
put a number out there, 70, 75, life does get complicated. How deep our gratitude runs that we have been found by a loving God, like lost sheep draped over his shoulders being taken back to the fold. Don't be afraid of your brokenness. St. Paul wasn't. St. Paul was a very broken man. Before and after his conversion, he had it very clear. These words that we heard today. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. The world offers you and me many ways of confessing our sins and failings. All other religions offer their different methods of cleansing themselves. Some are a little weird, to say the least. But they all offer some form of being purified, right? Like going into a, a clay hut with fire and, 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 and humidity and you sweat it all out. Worldly attractions tend to want us to escape from our daily problems and difficulties, music, entertainment, leisure, self-satisfaction. Not bad in themselves. But when they take us away from the one true God, then they become a hindrance to living a good life. But our Catholic faith offers us the way that is tried and proven over the centuries. A good confession, for instance, is guarantee to heal and bring life back to your souls. So Lent is a time to listen to the whisperings of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit will always lead us to encounter the Lord, and they in turn lead us to the Father, confessing our sins, be it at night before we go to bed, to our spouse in a moment of intimate dialogue, or behind the screen to a priest. All these moments lead us to the Father. A humble attitude. You can't really go to confession well if you're not saying sorry in other aspects of your life. Just like the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter when they return to the Father's house. No more powerful image than that one for our upcoming Lent. And kneeling said to him, if you wish, you can make me clean. Recognizing Jesus as my Lord and Savior, seeing in him the only one who can heal me, experiencing firsthand the tenderness of Jesus. No one else has the power to save me the way he does. What will it take? to bring our world back to its knees. What will bring people back to church? What will help them see that God loves them? The answer? You and me. Our church. Our openness to receive and our willingness to go and find the lost sheep. Our little men's morning coffee on Friday, they set up on one of those Christmas days. I wasn't here, but they, they set it up. It was like a, a drive-through, free coffee and free hot chocolate, free hot dog. 
stand. And one person came in by mistake. And she discovered a group of men smiling and laughing. Who knows what happened to that person when she left? No doubt she was lifted up. Lord Jesus, help me recognize that you are the greatest gift in my life. Help me to see this Lent that you are the Lamb of God. I was going to go through all of the things that during Lent St. Joseph offers, but you know, you already know them. And my only uh, heartfelt invitation is take advantage of that. St. Joseph's is a very streamlined parish. We try to stick, well, we, I mean, I have inherited this, but let me, let me say we. We try to stick to the essentials. There's not a lot of fluff. So this Lent, the second COVID Lent, whether we like it or not, it is the second COVID Lent. What are we going to do with it? Maybe God is saying in this, you still haven't learned the lessons. And I'm not really talking to you, I'm talking to the world. So spend time in prayer. Spend time in the church. Remember what God said to St. Francis, build my church. So we need to build our church. You do. You build. You make St. Joseph's great. You really do. But it's also outside St. Joseph's that we have to make our church. A wonderful place for people to come in. Spend time with your family. It's not sacramental, but it's almost when you have your meals together as a family. It's It manifests what the sacraments do and are. Spend time with Jesus, alone, with him. So now I have the privilege of inviting Ross, one of our many seminarians, to give us a few words. Good morning. Every year, the bishop gets all of us seminarians together around Christmas time to have a dinner together, talk about how the year went, all of that. And this year, he started off, well, this uh, 2020's Christmas, he started off by saying that he refused to call it the worst year of his life. It's a difficult year. It was a challenging year. But he refused to call it the worst year. That's because in every difficulty, in every challenge that we face, God is there working in us and through us to bring us to something greater. For the last year and a half, the seminarians have been, call it, at-home quarantined on campus. This is the first time I've been more than 100 yards from my dorm room in months. And it's been one of the best years of my life. God has taken what anyone would say is objectively not the best situation. I'm not able to go out and practice hospital ministry, not able to go and serve at nearby parishes, not able to teach the CCD, religion, faith formation, RCA classes that we normally would be. But in that time, 
time spent in prayer, time spent stuck, for lack of a better word, on campus. God has made my vocation all the more clear to me. There's something that we talk about in discernment, that what you are looking for is not necessarily a clear lightning bolt in the blue that, yes, you are supposed to be a priest, or yes, you are supposed to be married to this person, or yes, you're supposed to be religious, but a peace there. The ability to rest easy and joyfully in what you believe God is calling you to. And this last year and a half has made it clear to me that I can rest peacefully and joyfully behind the altar and that there is nowhere I would rather be. And that has been a great gift from God to me. But also it was a great gift from all of you. The diocese And by that I mean, all of you are the ones who allow me to go to seminary. You are the ones who allow me to be formed for the priesthood so that, if it be God's will, I can serve at the altar for the sake of all the people of the diocese for you. And so that's why I have to say thank you to all of you for contributing to the Bishop's Annual Appeal. Because it is that fundraiser that allows me to go to seminary and has allowed every single priest for our diocese to go to seminary to serve you at the altar. And I would like to ask that each of you consider this year, again, contributing. So that... I can continue, and all of my brother seminaries can continue studying to serve you at the altar. Now, I've been asked by the parish to say that you should have received your pledge card in the mail, and if you can use that, that would be the best. If you do not, there should be a card in the pew in front of you. And to make sure to put St. Joseph's Raleigh as the parish to distinguish it from the other St. Joseph's in the diocese. If we would like to take a moment to fill it out here, there are baskets to drop them in on the way out, or you can mail them back. And if you do not need the time to fill it out now, let the rest of us take a moment of silence to pray for our Pope, our bishops, our priests. If you would not mind praying for all of us seminarians and for the conversion and repentance of the world. Thank you all. For me and my brother seminarians, thank you. We can also remember the homeless, the imprisoned, the lonely and neglected of our world. We can think of and pray for the politicians that God sent his angels and saints and above all the Holy Spirit to enlighten their minds, their hearts and their wills. and for an increase in vocations to, to the priesthood, to consecrated life, to religious life from this parish.